gentlemen, welcome to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder to all those Blue Falcons still listening in and following us, suck my... Nope, that's not it. That's for later. As a reminder, the issues, views, and opinions discussed on the podcast are those of the co-hosts and their guests and do not reflect that of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, and individuals discussed on the podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value. This show is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you don't like it, don't listen. If you do like it, please like, share, and subscribe. We are on all major platforms and social media, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course our website, www.spinningourgears.com. Head on over, check it out, and feel free to contact the guys. Now, without further fanfare and ado, I'm proud to present to you your co-hosts, Turk and Swagger. Episode of Spinning Our Gears. I'm Turk. He's a pocket full of sunshine, and together we're a couple of cops just spinning our gears. Swagger, how's it going? It's going good, man. How you doing? Doing really good. I'm really, really excited. I don't know about you. I'm pumped up. I'm like, uh, you know, a little nervous on the side because <laughs> this is our first live one. If you want to call this, it that, yeah, this is our first in-person live recording, and we brought a special one to you guys. Do you want to announce what's going on? No, you got it. You oh, got it. I got it. Okay. You got it. You're the man. Well, after a long. Long wait and long ado, we're finally able to sit down with the people from Risen Warrior. We're going to interview with them. So how are you guys doing? Doing good. Pretty good. Doing good. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, introduce you guys. This is Morgan and Kayla. Right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going. Yeah. We can change the names later. Yeah. We can definitely <laughs> edit out if we want to. We can, we can add in some fake names. But um, yeah, it's awesome to sit down with you guys. Yeah. yeah. We're excited cool. to do it. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming. Already yeah. got called out. Lots of anticipation. Yeah. Yeah. So, just a little background with all that. We had this scheduled for December, and then a storm hit, and I think Swags got sick, maybe. Got sick, yeah. And then we scheduled it for January, and something else. Oh, I think it was work at that point. Yep. So. Kids and athletics. Yeah. So, yeah, we're learning a lot about how it's hard to schedule things for a podcast for sure. Um, we were talking before we started recording that we were supposed to be on the roll call room again, and Nick from roll call room got got COVID, so yeah. we had to back out on that one. And oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yep. We don't want to get we don't want to get oh, you know, from Icarus. Ah! <laughs> we don't want to get anybody fired. No, but uh, yeah, we're we're slowly picking up. That's a big reason we don't make promises on like what we're going to do the next episode because schedules with cops is pretty difficult. So. Um, this episode, though, is really about you guys. We could be here for a half hour. We could be here for two hours. We're not really sure. Um, really a loose structure. We're going to go through this. We had a couple questions, some basic questions, and then we'll figure whatever conversation we have, we have. So 
what I wanted to start it off with was just kind of doing like a bio on you guys. And you can tell as much as you want, as little as you want. Uh, we'll go individually. We'll start with Morgan. Okay. Um, my background, so I've been in law enforcement for almost 12 years now. Okay. Um, worked for a couple different agencies in this area. Um, before that, I was in the Marine Corps as well. And I was in the Marine Corps for six years and uh, did some reserve time. And pretty much met her about halfway through my career. Um, she started, she had a coffee shop, and pretty much that's how we met, was through coffee. And, and did you grow up local here, or were you I up? did, um, west of here, about okay. 45 minutes or so. Okay. So, west of Cedar Rapids area, but, um, okay. I'll leave that in there, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, 45 minutes west of where we're at, Yeah, so. perfect. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, like I said, I've been law enforcement 12 years, almost, uh, kind of done a little bit different things in law enforcement, uh, a little bit of investigations, um, patrol and FTO, uh, which I thoroughly enjoy. Um, I think that's about it. So you, the department that you're at currently is kind of like the department that I'm at. It's a smaller one, about 25 officers? No, we're at seven, 16. Okay. So you... What I'm learning very quickly with a, a smaller department like that is that you, like they, what, how they like to call it is you have to clean your own fish quite a bit Correct. when you're getting a call. Um, but I've also found that that makes more of a well-rounded officer. Yes. Um, you said that you're an FTO. How long have you been an FTO for? Um, officially, probably going on two years. But probably a lot of training before that. A lot of training before that. Yeah. Um, before I went to FTO school, you know, we such a previous department I was at, we'd, uh, jump in for with an officer for two to four weeks at a time and they, they rotate with the officers and um, kind of learn different different ways of doing the job because everyone does it differently mm -hmm. there's no right way to do the job necessarily or wrong way there is but um, one of those things I learned is it wrong or different that um, I think with uh, a lot of agencies struggle with um, but I learned through that like you I, I do a lot of unorthodox stuff when it comes to this job, but like at the same time, like I don't violate policy, I don't violate somebody's rights, and I think if somebody can do that and it doesn't look exactly how the old school way would do it, it doesn't make it wrong. It's a good thing. Um, but I think uh, what I learned as an FTO is encouraging that for new officers to come think critically, be able to solve their own problems, because that's what we do. We're problem solvers sole purpose of our job but um with a small department though like you said you have to be very well-rounded kind of handle a little bit of everything we don't get um specific units to handle just sex abuse crimes or property crimes or drug crimes or domestic violence calls like we have to handle it all for the most part um and you have to know a lot of everything too to be able to do that and the real unique thing about that is it seems like all of these smaller departments are surrounded by a much bigger area. So you're getting a lot of that spill off. Yep. Um, we, well, obviously we can't say the agency that you're next to, but we know the crime that you're dealing with coming from there and you're, and you're butted right up to that agency, yep. that, that jurisdiction. So yeah, you, you have to be a warrant officer because you have to be able to handle your, your shit, I guess. Yeah. As unprofessional as that sounds. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely. It's, you know, stuff, especially if you're a suburb, so to speak. Things are going to bleed into the, your town from the bigger problem. <laughs> it was across the street for us. 
And you and you're rocking overnight, so it's even yeah. a different world there too. So. Yep. Yep. Which I like. Yeah. You're in the twelves like I am, right? Yep. Yeah. Twelve twelve hour shifts. We have like every other Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's the way to go. Yes, it really it is. is. So. What else do you hold over there besides FTO? Um, so I'm part of the peer support group. Um, what else do I do? I've been working uh, investigations a little bit too, just mm-hmm. kind of on a part time basis. You're a firearms instructor. I'm a firearms instructor as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I think that's. I know I, I do a lot of stuff. I just don't think about it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of part of being a part of a smaller agency. Everyone has to not necessarily be an expert, but they have to know a little bit of everything. Yeah. With multiple hats. Yeah. yeah. With that uh, that peer support group, or do you guys have a structured, trained peer support group, or is it kind of fly by the cuff like we're seeing from a lot of agencies? We so we're pretty new. Um, currently, there are three of us. Okay. Um, we are sending three more soon, so a good portion of our department will be at least trained in it. Um, we're still working out the kinks of it, um, but so far, like I remember the it was like three days after we got done with peer support training. There was a pretty good incident that several officers were involved in, and uh, it was kind of wheels off the ground. Like we're we're flying into it hard, <laughs> and it worked out really well. We got some pretty good um, feedback from it too, from officers. I think that's huge, though. We talked about that before we started recording. How you have the backing from your chief, and now your city manager at Icarus. It was talked about yeah. for. Six years almost that we were going to start a peer support group. We had officers that were wanting to do it, and the chiefs would say that they were going to do it, and then nothing would happen. Yeah. And you just wouldn't see it come to fruition. So, yeah. but we talked about it a lot. Yeah, those committees and things that we were on. Uh, yeah, that just never, you know, never manifested itself. So, no. which is a huge issue. And yeah. we talked about how important it was because Sergeant Zeke, who's been on the show, yeah. actually got into an incident, and he used to work with us. Now he works somewhere else, and he talked about how. If he'd been in that incident at Icarus, mm-hmm. he would have been he would have been up the creek without a paddle, basically, yeah, yeah. because yep. there was no nothing established. So, and I think that one of the incidents that occurred over there after we had left was something for the reason why other people that just continuously keep leaving mm-hmm. or maybe have gone to other agencies already yeah. is because they were involved in that incident and they didn't get any help. Yep. And they openly came out to us saying, you know, this they didn't help us at all. So, <laughs> so it's like, unfortunate because yeah. it, it ha- happens. A lot, almost all of them. Was. Yeah, it's rare to see a pretty squared away agency with peer support. I'm lucky that our my now current chief is the one who kind of started the peer support program. Yeah, so it's and I think if you're at an agency that doesn't have it, you can obviously lean on other agencies that do have it. And from my understanding of the program, it's almost a good idea to have that anonymity as opposed to. Sometimes it's harder to go to an officer that you know. Sometimes it's yeah. okay, but other times it's harder. So. Yep. And I ultimately, what I would like to see, you know, whether it'll happen or not, because there's probably too many tape measures out there, um, <laughs> is having one like metro peer support. Yeah. Team. Right. And I mean, I, I think it could happen, maybe not unofficially. But, yeah. And it probably still does, but to actually have a structured version of that, so neighbor agency has a critical incident, another agency comes in, helps with peer support, um, and then you can play uh, play backwards on that too if you need to. But I think that's almost, like you said, it'd have to be almost unofficially and it would work better that way. We, The whole joint communications thing that popped up, that didn't go very well. No. That was, <laughs> no. Like, like you said, a big measuring contest. Yes. And yeah. 
I think it would have worked out if people could have put their egos in check, and it just didn't. So, uh, you want to let us know about the Marine Corps part of that? How what your training um, was like? What you did there? You said you were six years in. Yep. So I would I joined in two thousand six. Um, pretty much straight out of high school. I did like one semester. I didn't, I didn't even finish a semester of college when I realized it was not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, kind of a party mindset, so I joined the Marine Corps, which was not a great idea, but it was <laughs> the best idea, I, you know, best decision I ever made. Save your life. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Absolutely. Taught me a lot of things. Um, so I was uh, in the engineer field. I was a heavy equipment mechanic, also operated um, one deployment to Afghanistan, and then that was in 2010, and got out in 2012. But learned a lot from the Marine Corps. Um, definitely shaped me as a, an adult, at least. Um, uh, I knew I wanted to get in law enforcement prior to that. I got third generation now at this point. Um, so both my grandfathers and my, my dad were in law enforcement. So I kind of, that was my goal in the end. Um, but I knew joining the military would help, at least uh, help me grow up a little bit and get some life experience that I think a lot of people need in this job. What, what's the military breakdown like at your agency? Um, I would say it's probably, probably, 50%, 40, 50% okay. Okay. Um, of our military. So you're, you're seeing guys with their heads on straight, yes. even though it's a small, yep. yeah. yeah. Yep. We discussed how, we discussed how, <laughs> how it's been kind of a, an issue with the, the new agencies we've been at where it's not always the case. Yeah. That was a big reason for the first Alpha Charlie that came out this year, just because people are not of the right mindset. And if you're not there, it's, it's a really dangerous situation. So Mindset is crucial. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah. I think you're, you're seeing a lot of people that come out of college with degrees in law enforcement that are no life experience. Yeah. Obviously, you get that from being in the military yep. or even even working as a reserve and building yourself up. You know, you can learn those things, but um, you know, it's kind of a scary time when you got to mold those yes. new guys. I think um, I've, learned, I've seen too, like people who are athletes, mm -hmm. um, especially college athletes, do well as well because yeah. they, they're used to that critical thinking um, that they're driven for the most part um, and a little bit more discipline. And I think a lot of it's discipline. And if you can't, one, stay in shape or train, um, whether physically or mentally, that's, you're gonna struggle in this job, for sure. I think a big thing that I've noticed too is that it, only a couple years goes by and people kind of forget the past already. And we haven't, we've had a lot of officers hurt or killed, but we haven't had a major incident. And I just got an argument with an officer at my new agency where he couldn't figure out why I had an entire bug out rig ready to go. And he, he, he told me, well, the, the average shooting only has 15 rounds exchanged. And I said, well, yeah, that's the average shooting, but look at Deputy Stein six, seven years ago. He went through hundreds of rounds and ended up getting killed because he was out. So little things like that, but. Statistic. No, right. Know, right. Right. Yeah. right. Absolutely. Um, we don't want to make case law. We don't want to be statistics. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, on to you. Okay. I'm not near as interesting as he is. Um, I, <laughs> you think I'm fascinating, and I appreciate that. Uh, so, my background I went to college. I'm the educated one. Um, went to college for criminal justice. Grew up, actually, let's back up. Grew up in Colorado. Um, and then we moved back here uh, just because of family things. My parents, both their families are from here, so we moved back. Um, 
grew up actually in this town or did high school and college in this town. Um, and then went to college, my undergrads in criminal justice and psychology, went and got a master's in forensic trauma and child psychology. Um, the intention was actually to go work for a three-letter agency um, and do forensic profiling because I think crazy people are fascinating. Um, and so that's what I'm here to do. was my case study. Um, and so, it's a yeah. long-term case study. <laughs> How many it, pages are we have? <laughs> in it for the long haul, in it for the long haul. Um, yeah, books, volumes. Um, so did that uh, and then just had some life changes, ended up opening a coffee shop um, and did that for four, five years. And then we had a oops on the honeymoon and ended up with a little girl. And at that point decided, okay, we probably need to close it. We had had a buyer lined up for the coffee shop. They backed out. We were ready to close it anyway. Um, and then I went back to work for a couple nonprofits, worked with survivors of human trafficking, worked with getting human traffic or getting uh, survivors out of human trafficking situations, decided I hated the nonprofit world and left that and we opened the company. So. I don't know. I do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. Um, I do wellness coaching. I do a lot of mental health stuff. Um, I'm a nerd when it comes to mental health. I think one of our first conversations when we had just started talking was I went on a massive rant about mental health and law enforcement. And that's why he fell in love with me is because I went on that rant. Um, and so that's a huge passion of mine. Um, that was part of, I really debated enlisting or going to college and realized that there needs to be a lot of help on the other side. And so wanted to work. My plan was to go FBI for like five to 10 years and then get out, get a doctorate and work with law enforcement and vets. Um, Cause that's where my heart is and that's where my passion's at. And that's it's kind of the underlying of our company as well. So awesome. yeah. You said you went to the school district here? So I actually, no, I graduated from a Christian school actually. Okay. So, and then went to the community college here, went to one of the local private colleges, okay. and then okay. continued on from there. So, he's from about 30 <clears throat> minutes east of here, 45 uh, minutes? About an hour. Oh, I'm thinking of the other, other okay. Yeah. Anyway, I grew up here, this was my area, um, so I went to the school district here. I thought it was kind of just ironic that everything's kind of coming together. Yep. But, um, very cool that you were forward-thinking enough with the mental health part of it because you said you've been in for 12 years now? Yeah, yeah what well, 12 years ago, who was talking about mental health? No one, no one was talking Nobody. about it. Yeah. No one no. knew about trauma or anything yeah. like that. So mm -hmm. um, it, what, I guess I don't want to step on toes, but I kind of feel like it's been 50-50, right? Like we've learned a lot that we need to learn about, but then at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are kind of using it as a crush sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much do you see of that right now? Um, I think it's... I think it's kind of twofold. I think people are using it as a crutch because they don't understand it. And so it's this concept of like, you either dive all the way in and it's like, oh, I have PTSD and I can't function, or they're staying out of it. And really there's a lot of middle ground and there's just not enough awareness. Um, I say it all the time to people like, talk therapy has a place, but it's not the end all be all. And right now for law enforcement, that's what's being pushed. Um, and there's a place for it, but there are a lot of other things out there that help a lot more than talk therapy. And so 
it's I, I think it's finding that middle ground with people of hey like you don't have to one you don't have you're not just fine you're also not totally broken like there are it's a it's a whole spectrum um and then I think the people that jump all the way into it honestly they're the ones looking for an excuse so that and was, using it as a crutch. That was put much more intelligently than I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> so, I think part of what we're seeing kind of in law enforcement, and I'm sure you guys can contribute to this as well, is that there's a lot of people in law enforcement that know if they come forward and say certain things that they're going to then get mm-hmm. forced to do things they don't want to do, mm-hmm. rushed to do things that they don't want to do. How often do you see that or what's your thoughts on that? Disappointing and unpopular opinion. I think so. Here's the deal cops are stubborn, so are vets. Um, We don't want to hear what we don't want to hear, and we don't want to do what we don't want to do. And like, there's a lot of things like I think that cops in general um, don't do that they should be doing to help themselves, and they don't want to hear it, especially if it comes from a command staff. Like, rightfully so, for the most part. But, you know, if we eat like crap, we sleep sleep like crap. Mm-hmm. If we can't take care of those two things, or one, even drinking water, um, can't stay hydrated, we're going to feel like crap. And, like, if we're not willing to do those little things, too, in the long run, it's going to just be a long, slow spiral. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think with – we want problems to be fixed right away, and a lot of times – especially mental health, it's not going to happen. Yeah. you got to do a lot. <laughs> you have to do a lot of work to be able to get through mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, whether it's childhood trauma all the way up to the crap we experience too. So. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, I think you're right, absolutely. There's a lot of, well, I don't want to do this because what are the repercussions? Or I don't want to be mandated to do this, um, which goes back to my, there's a lot of other options other than talk therapy. Like there's, I actually think, you know, officer to officer chatting is more beneficial than sitting down with a counselor. Um, Again, unpopular opinion. There's also just a lot of things like he mentioned of the way that you eat, the amount of sugar that you consume affects your mental health. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that caffeine and coffee cause anxiety. But if you're, (laughs) and I don't like saying it to people um, because of what we do, but that's one of the biggest things is if you have anxiety or you're starting to get stressed, if you cut your caffeine way down, that alone will take care of things. So it's things like that, that I think are a, like, it's your day to day. It's the little things that add up, which can avoid feeling like, okay, I have to be forced or I can manage. Um, and then I also think that that comes down to command staff as well as being educated and knowing like, Hey, it's not going to put, putting somebody in a counselor's office isn't necessarily the best solution to this. Right. Like and like Morgan said, vets and cops are stubborn. And if you put them in a counselor's office with a counselor they don't like or isn't beneficial, it's going to just shut them down in the long run. Um, How many counselors are way too over bubbly? And that's just not a counselor. Yes. Yeah. And they they don't have any idea how to handle what y'all have been through. And so there's those pieces, too. And my personal counselor. I have asked her for referrals and she's like, there isn't anybody that really specializes in it because cops are hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, But yeah. then that's not true either because we're learning that, you know, through classes like CIT and then we have a friend who is a counselor that there actually is a network you just have to tap into. You just have to tap into it. And the big thing that we, that we keep hearing, we keep pushing is that if you start off with a counselor that you don't like, 
don't stop. Find yes, hundred percent. There's, there's other ones out yep. there. So. Yep. And not feeling bad about leaving a counselor if it doesn't work. Yeah. Like there is a counselor out there that will work for you. Yep. You just have to find them. It's just like choosing a restaurant. If you don't like a restaurant, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. The other thing I wanted to cover was you talked about how officers don't want to hear it from command staff that they need to get you know fix something. At the same time, if there's any command staff out there listening, your decisions and your actions can they send a message for sure. We had an incident at Icarus five, six years ago with a lieutenant who oh, yeah. he called in and said he needed help. And they basically ostracized him, treated him like a lever, and it went downhill very he's he's doing well now, yeah. but the way that it the way that it was handled sent a clear message to the whole department that even though that chief said he was big on the peer support group, that that was not his his, his mission. So yeah, words were Words were just words. Yeah. There was no action. Mm-hmm. When, <laughs> when you cut the person's access to the police department, even though they haven't been relieved of their duty, that, you know, that, it, it's just a bad message. It, it was a very eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think a lot of people, that sent a clear message to everybody else that was there that was like, you know, hey, if you do this, this is the repercussions of it. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of people who were going through things were like, well, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then even the secondary part of that, the people that helped him out were then targeted after that, yeah. which yeah. It, we've got our stories to tell. And I think mm-hmm. we'll probably, that is going to be part of it. But the fact that they were going after people and trying to relieve people of duty for helping him out yeah. was mm-hmm. a slap in the face to all of yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. So. I hope that's a rare occurrence across the nation. Yeah. I don't think it is, but I hope so. <laughs> That chief is no longer there, as you know. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to follow through with what you say, and even the smallest decisions that you make send waves throughout the whole department. So I think they're also we've talked a lot about. Hopefully, in the next ten to fifteen years, that old school mentality will phase out a lot more, and it will be our age that's you know in the command staff, which has a better grasp on mental health. Um, and so hopefully the stigma and the issues within departments as far as getting help will start to peter out a little bit over the next decade or so. Sure. Fingers it's crossed. It is. Yeah. It is a long it time. Is. It is. It's a long time. And it's potentially a lot of lives lost that don't need to be. But it is at least something in and, the future. And like you said, also, you can't you can't use it as the crutch and as an excuse because this, this profession brings a whole different onset of responsibilities and, mm-hmm. and a weight on your shoulders that... We need people to do the job, and we need people to be mindful of their their own mental health so they can get the job done. Yes, so. yep, 100%. So you guys talked about how you all met through coffee. You guys want to go into that story a little bit more? We, we met in a coffee shop. Okay. Um, had coffee together. Um, kind of, we were friends for a minute, I guess, before we actually started dating. But, um, I mean, it's weird, like our whole entire thing has been coffee-related entire relationship but um whether from her owning running a coffee shop and us living upstairs <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh to where we're at now and i think you left out that you're a reserve deputy. i did leave out i'm a reserve deputy yeah i forget about that too that was another thing here in this area south of here okay south. all right <laughs> <laughs> south of here okay. yes okay uh, directly south of here? one county mm-hmm. south Yes. Okay. Like right next door, five gotcha. miles down. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to not tell stories when we're trying to keep it somewhat <laughs> anonymous. And, uh, <laughs> so, how long have you all been together? Uh, seven. Seven years. Eight years. Next week. 
Eight years total, married seven years. Yeah. Ish. And so then you you were full time already. I was full time already. Were you a reserve deputy at the time? I was not. So I had actually I was working towards a federal probation position at the time when we started dating, and then applied full time for the county that I'm a reserve at currently. Got the full time offer just weeks after we found out we were pregnant. And so we had to make that decision of, do we both do this? Do we, he was already well vested into his career and we just decided, you know what? It's just, somebody's gotta be home. So I'd have gone to overnights or the jail and it just wasn't, we didn't want to do that with a kiddo, so. Can you, no one knows until they know with the relationship when it comes to law enforcement. As a business owner at the time, what was that like for you guys? Like, I think for me, I, I had the, I was lucky enough that my wife and I met in high school. We were married mm-hmm. prior to. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were prior to as well. And then, but we, I uprooted my whole family and moved out to this area. So oh, for, for the job, That's so yeah, cool. yeah, it was interesting. Little kids involved. Yeah. So. What was it like getting involved? <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> word to say, but with already being established as law enforcement. Um, I honestly think it probably went quite easier. I mean, you had a pretty good grasp anyway yeah like i mean i loved the field even before we met so family it, and law enforcement too. yeah so it's it uh and we don't get me wrong we've had our ups and downs like it's been a roller coaster but um with schedules and just getting called in at the most inopportune times and phone calls in the middle of the night and, it's just the hard things that come with law enforcement yeah, yeah. um I the think. phone call never comes at the right time. Obviously. Never, never. Really the absolute <laughs> worst time. Don't ever schedule anything. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> it usually um, comes during date night. Actually, yeah, pretty yeah. consistently. Yeah. Um, and those are the. I mean, I have not done this. I know guys that have have literally answered their phone and cracked a beer over the phone. Just so the <laughs> supervisor could hear it. Um, Been drinking for days. Yeah. <laughs> you got a problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it. I think it's gone about as well as it could. Um, I say that. That feels tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You probably have more insight on that. I no. I think because I was already vested in the career field, I had worked with vets prior to opening the coffee shop, so there was at least some of that. Like, I know I'm getting into crazy by being with a cop. Like. We're going to, there's going to be a lot to deal with and a vet. Um, and so, and then wanting to be in the career field myself, there was a lot of like, okay, it's just, this comes with the territory and even getting called out on date night or taking overtime shifts was like, man, I get it. Cause there are still days where I'm like, man, I wish I was full time. Um, I don't like being told what to do. So I would not be a good employee at this point, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think that made a huge difference. Versus, you know, me being an accountant or something where it's like, oh, I don't get why you're doing this. Like, you spend more time there than you do at home. And and because I understand it, it's, you know, there are days I offer to go and work for them because I'm like, that sounds like fun. I want to go. So. I think a big yeah. part of it is that on the officer side of things, you're living kind of like minute by minute. And mm-hmm. so when you pick up that overtime shift, you're at work and you're thinking of paycheck and you're thinking of bills mm-hmm. you're going to pay mm-hmm. you kind of forget to look in your calendar about what's going on right. around mm-hmm. that time frame so communication is definitely key yeah it you, is key you have kids and all their activities and yep. it's real hard to juggle yeah absolutely yeah yep. it does and it, it just, it's two different lives 
I mean, that we live. Like you, I mean, I spend more time with guys on my shift than I do with my family. Yeah. And th- I guess that's kind of part of the brotherhood, you know, that where that comes from, or the esprit de corps. Like it, uh, you, th- you just have to, you, you have to be flexible. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's key in a lot of it. Because guys that aren't, they, they wash out pretty quick in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You, you see that where it's like, especially when they start that new relationship and everything's mm-hmm. roses and unicorns mm-hmm. and everything, and then it takes about a year, year and a half when all of a sudden they're getting that that pressure from the other side. And it, guys and girls at the same time, but they're getting yeah. that pressure from the other side, and it starts to affect them on the job. And, and you, you know why that does. And then right. you just let them know, hey, when kids come into it, it's going to be another <laughs> another weight on your shoulders. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. How old are the kiddos? There's one, she's six. Oh, I thought you had two. I'm sorry. No, but six years old. Okay. Dog, does that count? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does, especially with this money as it is right now. Yeah. That's a whole other job. But um, five, six, and seven for me, and then oh man, I got fourteen-year-old twins and uh, wow. a four-year-old who turns five on this weekend, and then a two-year-old will be two in May. No, because he also yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So that's what happens with the schedule. With the, the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> how many sports? Yeah. How many calendars do y'all have? Um. Digitally and physically, probably. yeah. You have more than I do. I mean, I have a substantial more amount than yeah. you do. We, yeah, uh-huh. we've got like five at home between the shared one and then everything else, and still are it gets, yeah. You got to do it though, especially in this profession. I mean, but yeah. even then, it still doesn't work. So. No, so it's, yeah. it doesn't work. That's what my wife says. Just look at it, and I'm like, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> we've had that conversation too more times than I can count. For the longest time, like we are at work, our schedule. Was just a printed schedule. You had to take a picture of it. Yep. And now, like, we, I can access it on my phone, which is awesome, because like every two weeks I work an eight-hour shift. There's so many times yeah. I would come in at six o'clock, and I wasn't supposed to work till ten. Yeah. Till ten. I think you've only consistently gone in at the right time on those days, maybe twice, Probably and that's been in the last few months. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, at our old place, it was for the longest time. It was run off of a dry board. And I, we can't yeah, count. Both of us have been. Oh yeah. Either we showed up. It, it, you had to take a picture of it the night before yeah. because people mm-hmm. would change it and not tell you. Yeah. So we would show up when we thought we were on time and we were either late or early or we wouldn't show up and they'd adjusted our day and we're getting a phone call from the sergeant saying where are you at. I drove all the way back from Des Moines. Yeah. My kid was playing state softball. And I drove all the way back. You got beer. Yeah. Like, Can I stay now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway. And then they they went to some form of technology before we left and everyone was against it and pushing hard against it but like the new agency that I'm at has I can see it on my phone like you can and it's it's a game changer so but for any chiefs or command staff out there listening if you don't have that look at I guess Google Drive you can share an email and everyone can access it ours is called Planet and I think it's it's fairly cheap that's what we use too that's really nice previous agency I is that, has a, it's nice. Yeah. So ironically, we're in the same county, mm-hmm. and I had no idea. I think everyone <laughs> uses Planet in that county. That would make sense. Um, but yeah, so. Let's go into the company here. You guys kind of talked about how, how old is it now? Two, three years? Two and a half years. Yeah. Yep. Started during COVID. Started during COVID, which worked out really well, because we went the e-commerce way. Sure. Um, I really wanted to get back into coffee after a horrific experience with multiple nonprofits. Um, and just didn't want to open a shop. I don't like being here at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, it didn't 
didn't work with his schedule and a kiddo. And so we literally were sitting having a cup of coffee at another coffee shop and came up with this. We had just been dabbling. How do we do this? What do we do? Um, and I think in a matter of about an hour, we came up with a game plan and um, name. name. I had the name. Yeah. I had the name. Um, came up with the name, decided what to do. It was his idea to do the tribute blends that we run for fallen officers, um, which was solid. Well done. Um, and so, yeah, that's... Did it off start off as just looking for a side gig or was it we want to do coffee again? It was we want to do coffee again. Okay. It was I need I need something to do. I love to work and I needed something to do yeah. full time. I didn't want to go back to work anywhere. Um, I had two really bad experiences with nonprofits and the human trafficking stuff with admin. Shocking. And that was it. I was like, and I had told him, like, I don't want to go back to work for anybody. I can run a business. I know I can run a business. Let's just do this. So, did we you just have any experience in. prior to the first coffee shop? Um, so, I actually, my both my, well, my parents are entrepreneurs okay. and they had restaurants growing up. So, I had a lot of experience being around that. Um, and then, kind of, I mean, it gets in your blood. Yeah. So, um, the first coffee shop my mom and I co-owned um, and so they were heavily involved with that and this was a lot of just bleeding over from that we took a lot of our same suppliers we took a lot of in the same building um, and just kind of changed the platform in which we sell so um, I guess so go back and you don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable when you talk about having issues with the admins and the nonprofit was that was it was it a budgetary thing was it how they no. treated you was it everything no. I mean it was a it was a personality conflict. Okay. Um, no, it was a, so and actually getting out and as I started talking to people, apparently it's very common in nonprofits um, to have that. So we had hired an executive director that was just horribly toxic. I think two weeks in, she threatened to fire me because I spoke up in a staff meeting about a project that was my project um, and she called me aside and she pulled me in a room and said don't ever do that again you undermined me it was disrespectful and I'll fire you next time you do it um, so nice. <laughs> does this, is this ringing a bell does this feel familiar at all biting um, my tongue right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was that was that went on for about four weeks and I was like this is not gonna get and I'm that person that wants to give everybody the benefit of the doubt so like hey she's new maybe she's trying to find her footing and then it continued um, and it was like I've, I've just I've had enough I went to um, the board somebody on the board the person that hired me and said hey this is what's going on and she said well I'm not gonna fire her so you're just gonna have to figure out how to interact and I tried that for another two weeks and turned in my notice and then dealt with some stuff very similar to what you're dealing with with Iowa workforce okay. Okay. so <laughs> yeah. we, for an uh, offline conversation yeah. <laughs> we've heard several stories from several different career fields everything from nonprofits to police to I mean I had a guy that literally told me he's a manager at a burger place and what we're kind of seeing is that Corruption isn't what people think it is. Mm -hmm. It's not like stealing money and planning evidence. It's mm -hmm. it's people who don't have the qualifications getting to positions of power through kissing up, through political yes. means. Yes. And then they feel very insecure once they're there. So they start doing yes. things like that. They yep. start lashing out, trying to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. creates yes. some power. Absolutely. Yes, and this was one of those situations. She was hired because her 
husband sat on the board. And so that's why she was hired. And shortly after I left, she was fired for the same thing she accused me of, which was lying. And her husband was <laughs> steps down from the board. So it was just, it was just a mess. Yeah, it's just a mess. So yes, it comes in all shapes and sizes. Maybe it's not we'll, just law uh, enforcement. We'll play our disclaimer a second time right now. <laughs> um, well, but then at the same time, though, you, the person you went to had an opportunity to change that. 100%. And, and we're seeing that big time in law enforcement where you're going to people who have an opportunity to, to make the change. And because they're also insecure... I'm thinking of a certain lieutenant tent yep. out there. Um, yep. they, instead of instead of doing what they're supposed to, they they will usually throw you under the bus to make themselves look better. Yep. Yes. So. Yep. And usually that ends, ends up promoting that person. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. mind-boggling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that it's it's a mix of two different things. One, either we've seen a lot of getting buddy buddy with admins, that's why they get promoted, or I think that second chief that we dealt with. I think he had good intentions where he promoted trying to get the problem off the street and away from mm-hmm. street line personnel, but then he still got buddy buddy with them. And yeah, it's it's a whole kind of rabbit hole you go down into, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, Probably several. If, if you're going to take on a leadership spot, you need to do it to be a leader. We've been yes. preaching that since day one. Yep. So. 100%. Um, you talked about the name. Yes. You guys want to give us an explanation of how that name got created, what it means to you. Sure. Okay. I guess it's my name. Um, So actually, it's kind of a whether or not you believe in God and divine intervention. I was actually sitting at a conference a couple years ago um, listening to a speaker talk about raising up, being a warrior. What does that look like in our spiritual life? What does that look like in our personal lives? Um, And then warring against the things that we come against. And uh, I for whatever reason, started thinking about names. At the time, I thought it was going to be for my mental health coaching. Um, and it f- just kept hearing, like, that's not what this is for. That's not what this is for. And I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know what this is for, but we'll just hang on to it. Um, and so, but very much so indicative of if you have a spiritual background, we get this all the time, people will be like, oh, are you guys a Christian company? Because Risen Warrior feels biblical. And we're like, well, yeah, it kind of is. Um, but it also it it was a combination of what we believe spiritually as in um christ as our warrior um and then also the piece of the law enforcement and veterans and the mental health piece of truly believe anybody can be a warrior right like it's just it's getting up and staying in the fight um and so we loved that piece um and i loved the risen part because it's right it's it's a beacon of hope versus just like warrior coffee or something like that like You've already won the fight if you're already standing back up. Um, and so it's it's three, four, five folds in what we named it. So Yeah, it's pretty pretty deep, I guess, as far as how where and I guess it's got several meanings for the most part. Yeah, like a lot it's, of layers. Going back to the law enforcement, not even law enforcement in general, but just anybody can be a warrior, like you said. Yeah. But it's the people that choose to be it. Mm-hmm. And every single day, it doesn't just go away. Like, either you are or you're not. Yeah, that protector piece. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, whether you're a mama bear or, you know, you're special operations somewhere. Like, it's everything in between, you know. Um, it's the mindset. Coming back it's to mindset. the mindset. Yep. 
And it's a decision every day. Every day. If you're a warrior now, you have to keep doing it. But the cool thing is, if you're not a warrior right now, you can make that decision. You can change Mm -hmm. today. You can change this minute. I think uh, David Goggins, I was listening to one of his, his reading, I can't remember what, I read it or saw it on YouTube or something, but he was talking about um, what changed his life was watching on Rocky. Yeah. And like how he just kept getting knocked down and just kept getting up and how it took the fight out of... uh, can't remember his opponent. Um, but anyway, um, having that mindset of like, I can get knocked down as many times as I do, and like, I'm still going to get up. And like, mm-hmm. me getting up every single time is eventually going to destroy my opponent. Yeah. And I guess that's the mindset, especially in the mental health aspect. Yeah. When we have in our, mich- our, uh, our mission statement and our about us that we truly believe that the heart of a warrior resides in anybody willing to get up every day and stay in the fight. It's a, it, mm-hmm. is a, it is a daily thing, and there are days where staying in the fight means you just got out of bed. Yep. It doesn't necessarily mean you went 100%. It just means you made it through the day. And most days it requires coffee to do that. Skip <laughs> <laughs> plug. Well, well done. <laughs> if, you, if you take it uh, to the extreme officers involved in shootings and I know that everyone reacts differently to incidents like that you'll you never know until you actually have it happen but when you see these videos you see some guys that they get involved in it and they they may have been shot or whatever they stay on the ground mm-hmm. other guys get up yeah. and they get in the fight yeah or at least so, move yeah, yeah they do, yeah, you do yeah. something yep. and I, I feel like when I see that you can tell the, their mindset without even hearing their mindset mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually so I've seen several uh, officer involved shooting videos or like, as soon as an officer gets shot, like they immediately grab their cell phone. Yes. Like it's super weird. I don't know if it's just a habit, like, but it's like they're on the ground and they just grab yep. their phone, open it up, and like start scrolling. It's, it's, and, that's and, weird. And they it is don't, weird. They don't know what to do with the other stuff they have. No. Um, I've seen I've seen one where I think that the guy went to his phone, but he still had his gun in his hand. Yeah. And he's like, you could tell that he was yep. out of sorts. He didn't know where he yep. was at. Your fine motor skills kind of yeah. yep. do some weird things to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yep your brain and just not even officer involved shooting but like just any type of critical incident yeah. like you kind of just well it's the tunnel vision you go yeah. on overdrive and you don't really you're along for the ride for the most part yeah mm-hmm. it's when your training and instincts kick in but i do want to go off to the side a little bit you had talked about having that religious background uh the disclaimer now is I, for me personally i don't like to to push religion on anyone who's not ready for it yeah but i am also a religious person my wife is too I'm not so sure about your swagger, but what the wife is. Yeah, I, I'm there. I just, you know, being in law enforcement, the unfortunate thing was I was always working, yep. you know, on the yep. nights and I was like, sleeping and then getting yep. up and doing it again. So it was hard to. My wife would take the kids to church, yep. and I would be sleeping. Yep. Yeah. So we've been, we've been through that yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I found for me it's more of a personal relationship with God for me. Yeah. But the question I wanted to ask, and you guys don't, again, not to put you on the spot, but how, how does religion play into the law enforcement side of things? You talked about the, the coffee side of things, but or even the mental health stuff. How does that play in for you guys? And I think, I, for me personally, I don't see how you could do this job for, with any type of longevity without believing in God, like having some sort of relationship there. Um, and actually, I've had that conversation with a former coworker of your guys's, um, kind of door to door. You know, just having uh, having some sort of stability outside of the work, outside of your family, and like some sort of belief, I guess. But um, it, we see a lot of messed up stuff in this job. 
um, whether it's from car accidents to child sex abuse stuff, like it's it's tough. And not having faith for me would be I don't know where I'd be honestly. Probably would probably not here. But when I think it goes both ways, like we've and we've talked about this a lot. Like you can either press into that relationship with Christ, or you can take all the dark stuff and say, well he's not applicable because how could he let this happen the other side of that is well we live in a fallen world and so the more you press into hope you know and so i think there's i don't know i don't see a lot of officers really in the middle it's either like they are digging into their faith or they are running from it because of the career yeah and it's just a matter of what your perspective is on it and i think once you have an encounter with jesus you can't really go back a legit encounter (laughs) so I think like leadership, though, that's something you can't just say, I'm you know, Christian or I have a belief. You have to actually practice in it. Yes. Yeah. I've seen several guys that I think almost wear it like a pin, thinking mm-hmm. that's going to be like their blanket security. But yep. you have to actually practice it, too, on the yeah. side. Yep. So um, personally, for me, the biggest thing, the biggest issue that I had getting into the career field was what if I have to take someone's life? Yeah. And yeah. The whole religious side of that. And I had a really good conversation in the academy with someone who works in our jurisdiction, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, who kind of laid it out for me, the whole sin versus, you know, being put in a position. But ironically, I was on the panel that chose Icarus's uh, chaplain mm-hmm. with the last chief. And the chief coming in thought he, you know, he had a whole packet ready. And I kind of went off cuff and started asking questions like that. And it's amazing how just some of the answers you hear from pastors even. Mm-hmm. And the one pastor that was... Well, yeah, you're probably going to hell if you get in a shooting, if you kill somebody. And then all of the others like, no, wait, that's not right at all. So, <laughs> yeah. There is room for both worlds to, to coincide. There is. Yep. Well, and we talk often about, like, this is God's work. Like, if, if you're called to be in law enforcement, like, the, the first person that Jesus came to was a centurion like Mm -hmm. it was a soldier and it was a protector it was a police officer and there's like there's so much room like you know we talk about the thin blue line and it's that line that is you know keeps good from evil and you guys walk it but the reality is is like that's where god has placed you to Mm -hmm. do that protection so yes if you have to take a life like you're still doing god's work you're still protecting the innocent and that's what you're called to do and so there's a big piece of that i I think that go ahead I think if you if you don't if you don't even believe in God um, or have any type of believe in anything, I'd, uh, we still walk that. Like there is still absolutely evil people out there, and there's still good people out there that the evil people are going to take advantage of or yep. try to. Yep. And it sounds very cliche, but we're the only thing that's stopping them, aside yep. from other warriors that right. are going to yeah. take things in their own hands. Yep. Which, <laughs> Vigilantes. Yes, yeah. but you need those two. Yeah. That was the exact conversation that he had with me, though, was yeah. that if you are involved in a shooting, it's because you were probably put there for a reason because yeah. God felt that you were ready. So. Yep, yep. Um, I, I wanted to cover that because that was a big part. Um, we talked about when we first kind of coincided that we do a little bit of vetting before we will give anyone's name out there, and mm-hmm. and we were we felt very strongly about your company because of the whole the warrior part of it, as well as the you yeah. know that firm belief behind you. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're pretty outspokenly Christian, and we <laughs> figured that we'll either people either love us for it or they'll hate us for it, but either way, we're taking a stand. So sure, yeah. sure. it is what it is. Um, it, I don't. You guys have kind of covered it, but do you have? Is there a certain mission or mission statement for the company? I was also going to kind of cover the tribute blends, like you talked about. I don't know if that's all part of it or how. 
I think what it boils down to, and like when we first started the company, especially like mental health wise, like mental health is like priority number one, um, is getting our coffee out there, giving guys an opportunity, gals, people to talk, drink coffee. Like when we sit around like the office and have a cup of coffee, we're usually talking about something. A lot of times it's immature. But at the same time, like, you can... 99%. Yeah, it is. But, like... That's therapeutic. It is, absolutely. Like, especially, like, from the military, like, that is when you build relationships with each other, call it that, or build that trust and be able to have, talk about crap that you did or calls you went to and maybe in a joke, joking manner, um, because of some pretty messed up stuff. But, like, that's, that's how you get through stuff yeah. and to be able to support that is like our biggest thing and like you can do a lot by having a conversation we believe a cup of coffee can save a life yep. it's it's those conversations and we actually have an initiative launching here next week that is focused on that because it's again like i said talk therapy is a great piece it is but there's more therapy that comes from talking to somebody who maybe showed up on the call with you or you know has some kind of relationship. And so building those relationships, sitting down, taking that intentional 20 minutes to have a cup of coffee with somebody is has way more value than, you know, sitting in an office with somebody that you don't trust, don't like, don't want to be there. Right. Yep. Or door to door. Yeah. Well, that was the whole premise of our podcast. Yeah, I which mm-hmm. we love too. Yeah. We, uh, we did that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't, I guess we didn't plan on, on narrowing it down specifically to law enforcement. That's what it's turned out to be so yeah. far. That's why we had more of a broad name of mm-hmm. the of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole premise was just two cars butted up together talking to one another. Yep. yep. Which I, both of us. I mean, we I can't remember when I started listening to it about a year ago, and uh, a friend of mine shared it with me and uh, started listening. I went back to the first episode, and I think we've I've listened to every single one since. How terrible were those first two episodes? They weren't bad, though. <laughs> no, no, there was a lot. Like, <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're, all, we're all growing. Like, um, I, I, I liked, well, honestly, like, every single episode I've been able to, like, I, like identify with, like, in some aspect of, like, wrestling naked people or, like, <laughs> um, just, like, dealing with crappy co-workers or crappy bosses and, like, I was able, it resonated for sure, and I, that's kind of I was like shared it with you and like you need to listen to this like they're onto something and they're talking about stuff that a lot of cops want to talk about but can't. We, I think we figured out. Obviously, we wanted to make progression at Icarus and we wanted to be leaders there. Maybe the podcast kind of affected that, but once we realized that that wasn't that wasn't going to happen because mm-hmm. we weren't willing to be political. Yeah. Um, we decided that this was going to be our voice and that there, there's a message that needs to be said and a lot of people aren't saying it, so yep. we'll mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Depending That's upon, awesome. You know, depending upon your viewpoint on, you know, the people at Icarus, I think we've kind of helped people yep. see the light and like, hey, I'm going to move on to a different spot. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily our intention, but, you know, if it's not going to be changing for the better, then you might as well. So there's been a lot of, a lot of people that have left, so... I think there's a yes. lot of guys there, though, too, that are also seeing yeah. what it means to be a leader. Yep. And if they're going to stick around, they need to be a leader as yep. opposed to... And that goes from the newest officer on the department. Yeah. I, I say this, and like, kind of from the Marine Corps, of like, 
every Marine is a leader, so is every officer. Whether you're on a call by yourself or not, like the public at minimum is going to look at you to make decisions, to make good decisions, sound decisions. But eventually you're going to have another officer below you and they're going to look up to you and what to do. So like from an FTO standpoint, like I tell it to everybody, like I'm here, I'm not going to be a dick to you on how to handle stuff. Like if you, as long as you're doing it correctly in some aspect, like I'm not going to judge you on that. Like, but you need to be able to learn how to think critically and learn how to make these decisions by yourself, not rely on everybody. Because once, if you're doing that, one that creates a toxic environment too. Because you got one person that has all the information, and usually they try and keep that, um, as you probably have experienced. <laughs> but uh, well, you also have you have the sergeant who's saying, "Call me, call me, call me." Yes. And then you have the officer that's saying, "Hey, Sarge, call me, call me, call me," yep. because they can't make a decision. Yep, and it just goes back and forth, and it's just in this vicious cycle. And sooner you can break that, or eliminate it, or deter it, like the better the agency is going to be as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox from that. <laughs> well, I think one of the one of the crazy things was I was still FTOing up till my last week there, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I feel like had had this podcast been that much of a thorn, they probably would have pulled me off. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was as professional as I could be, but I I told every single person that I taught for those last month and a half that you could be here in five years or you might not be here, but be that leader while you're here, yeah. learn what you can, and. I guess take everything with a grain of salt. But yep. And get the experience that you that you have. Yeah. You know, if you move on, use it elsewhere. Yeah. Yep. Um, you kind of alluded to it. I, without giving specifics, how did you guys find out about us? Um, a former coworker shared it with me. Um, he was all about it. He's still listening too. So, um, so when he hears this one, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, well, it, was, it was very crazy. We just you guys contacted us, and I was like. We hadn't done the pitching, so it was it was yeah. it was very humbling at the same time. But no, we we uh, we very much wanted to be a part of what you guys are doing and support you guys in whatever way possible for that. Um, just because we believe in what you're doing. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. A it's little a badge of honor. Right? I know. <laughs> it's, it's important, especially it's like with leadership. Like it's made me grow as a leader and wanting to be a leader eventually, and like as far as a supervisor. Um, but has challenged me. I think if we can't challenge ourselves or have other invite and people into our lives that challenge us, we're we're going to do the opposite. And I want to prevent that as much as possible. <laughs> I think, and I think a lot of these podcasts like this are popping up because it's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's, it's yep. really just the talking. Yep. Um, I think that Sergeant Zeke going down and talking on the podcast that he's going to be on is going to be huge for him. Yep. Um, so. Excited to talk to him about that experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And all I do is listen to podcasts for the most part. Try and read. Yeah. I've been reading a lot more than I ever have. But uh, personal goal. Um, but <laughs> I mean, if I, it's downtime during a shift or I'm just driving around, like I got a podcast going. It's all the time, and I'm growing from that. So like, it's not just stupid podcasts. A lot of them are leadership based or some sort of. Mental health base too. So, I think to echo what you said, Swagger, selfishly, there have been several times where we've gotten off and I've slept like a baby because yeah. we're just telling yeah. stories and we're getting things off our chest. Yep. But to get back to the the business, what you had a coffee shop and then it closed down because of, you know just because of circumstances, and then you brought this one up. What have you guys learned starting your own business? 
Um, That's kind of a broad. So I it's, know, a but... <laughs> it's a real bad question. I would say the thing I tell people the most that we have learned and then relearned um, is that our customers will become family before our family become our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a huge you know I for whatever reason I don't know why that is. Um, but we still have very close family that have never bought from us um, and never asked about the business. And it's fine. Anytime, anytime. Yep, yep. Um, we truly, we've made some incredible connections, um, just relationships with a lot of local officers and then all across the country, which has been really cool. Um, yeah, we've learned that inflation really hits you hard. We've mm-hmm. learned that voting for a crappy president really makes business hard. Um, or steal election, one of the two. Yes, yeah, so whatever. Okay, that's fine. You have right. on that. um, <laughs> however you feel about that. Um, yeah. Just trying to be included. <laughs> right, as I put my tinfoil hat on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I think it's just, it's, it's putting your nose to the grindstone and just going it's yeah. that is it that's how if you can make it through the first two years of business chances are you'll continue to go the food industry is a lot different because there's a ton of fluctuation with cost and prices mm-hmm. um our coffee our margins went up our coffee costs went up 40 percent last year so our goal was to tread water um and get through year two which we did yep. um we did not do much for turning a profit, but we kept our heads above water. So um, it's it's a lot of just paying attention to where you can pinch pennies. And we don't do a lot of advertising because that takes away from what we can donate. Um, and we run the business a lot like a nonprofit. So most of our money goes out the door because that's what we tell people we're going to do with it. So I would say the biggest thing is just learning how to adjust and adapt and overcome. Mm-hmm. When you say your guys' money goes out the door, we're, we're referencing your tribute blends. Yes, tribute blends. Um, kind of talk about that, explain how that. Yeah, yeah. So people know. Yep. So what we do is we will, if there's an officer that's killed in the line of duty, um, or even suicide, because we consider that a line of duty death, even though most agencies don't, um, we will create a label. We'll reach out to the family or the liaison and say, hey, this is what we do. This is who we are. Can we do a tribute blend, um, and then we'll do a coffee specifically for them, we'll do a custom label for them, we'll run them for three to four weeks, and then the profit from that will go back to the family or charity of their choice. So we have tribute blends, and then we also have three or four other coffees that are associated with either law enforcement nonprofits or veteran-based nonprofits, um, and a portion of all those sales go back to them. So... And what I want to add to that is that you talk about on-duty deaths. It's not just officers getting killed by, like, shot or injured. There was also um, the sergeant who passed away from a heart attack. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Contributed to that. It's any yes. on-duty. It's any any on-duty. Yeah. Yep. yep. I think that's a big thing because I've seen companies out there that don't look at medical and suicide. Mm-hmm. Just like you yes. said, our departments yeah. don't. They don't look at that as, as part of yes. the on-duty death that you guys do, which is huge. Well, yes. our first one was a COVID death. It's COVID. Was we a did conservation one. conservation officer here in Iowa. Yeah. We did one last fall that was suicide, um, and actually we it was a weird situation. We ended up going to a wedding just two weeks, not even two weeks after that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, in that city. In that city, little podunk town. and Southern Missouri. Southern Missouri. 
And so all of them are podunk towns. Yeah, yeah so, all, so all of them. I mean, it's not podunk. It's a decent sized town, but it's a college town. So there's yeah, there's stuff, sure. but. Um, and I reached out to the wife and I said, Hey, this is what we do. Like from one law enforcement wife to another, I'd love to do this for you. Can we, I'd actually reached out and said, Hey, can I create a label and just drop them drop it off at the PD and you can pick it up. Like, we just want to do this to honor your husband. And, um, she's like, Oh my gosh, yes, that'd be great. I live on coffee and actually, can I meet you? And so that was a really cool experience. We had to like skip some wedding things to go talk to her, but yeah. totally worth it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, we talk about that all the time. And with my background in mental health, like suicide absolutely should be considered well, an on, on duty. Good on this agency. They, uh, they actually ruled it a line of duty death too, even though it was a suicide. Yeah. Was, it was related to the job. It was related to the job. But yeah. like now his family is able to be able to at least be taken care of in mm-hmm. that aspect. That is awesome because it, before on Icarus, I applied at a place where someone had committed suicide on duty. Mm-hmm. And the big thing focused around the interview was that incident. And you could tell the agency wasn't handling it. They weren't progressing with it. It was, how are we going to avoid this again? Not how are yeah. we going to help? Mm-hmm. So yep. the fact that agency stepped up is huge. Yes, yeah. very, very yeah. much so. That impressed yeah. me. And it was actually one of our biggest campaigns. There was a ton of support from the agency and a ton of support from the community in it which was really neat to see. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys mentioned how you started in COVID and how COVID has impacted. Has that been your biggest struggle or what's the biggest struggle of the company so far? Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this episode got taken off. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's going to push it way okay. down. Edit that out. Edit that out. Um, honestly, the inflation has been the biggest piece. Yeah. Inflation has been the biggest piece. Um, we also... Again, for whatever reason, people love our coffee, but they don't tell other people that they drink our coffee. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, Yeah. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing is we need people to gossip. Like, if you're drinking our coffee, tell people you're drinking our coffee. Um, And reach out to us, whatever. Um, That's been the biggest thing. And then, like I said, our our profit margin has shrank considerably. Mm-hmm. Last year, we watched businesses go out, tons of businesses, small businesses go out of business last year um, because of the way that inflation went. And so we've had to adjust. We're still trying to kind of figure out how we're going to adjust and move forward so that we can actually pull in enough money to operate. And this is my full time, so I do need I do need an income from it in some capacity. So I'm married to a cop, so we don't make that much money on this salary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was a big big reason why Nick over at Roll Call Room had to close his down yeah. was because of the inflation yeah. and COVID. But I, he also got a very good side gig. But I think I think that impacted him. So like you said, yeah, small businesses are getting hit like crazy right yep. now. Mm-hmm. And we've got another year and a half to deal with it at least. So, yep, yep. Um, Probably yeah. all the intent too. So. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, so the message is out there. And like she said, if you are drinking the coffee, or if you're not drinking the coffee, drink, drink the coffee. The coffee. Yeah. And if you are drinking it, tell people that you're drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and share, share the posts, the Facebook posts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. there's algorithms and they will throttle you and all this other stuff, but you got to just keep yes. the Yes. Honestly, and that's that's been, and you guys have struggled with that. Yeah. The algorithm, yes. we're pro-law enforcement, we're pro-Christian, we're pro-conservative, like out, outspokenly so on all of those things. And so our algorithms mm-hmm. are just, they tank us. It's, it's insane. It's insane. When you see that your page has however many follows and likes, but then each post is getting two, three, likes, four. Yeah, six yeah. views, it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So yes. not to jump on our side, but that's the biggest issue we're having is growing because 
no one's seeing us. Yes. And we have our core group like we talked about before recording that we have those core people that listen right away because they're subscribed, but getting out past that has been very difficult. So yeah. we yeah. definitely talk to you guys. Everybody's email and just send them the link. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. them show. Yeah, because you know, there's there's other ways to get around it. Yep. You know, they do they do say that email campaigns are the best, and I we have grown our subscriber list quite a bit. Um, so I do know that yeah. that helps with sales. But again, it's getting it past those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those people can only buy so much and drink so much coffee all at once. Yeah. And how many so. times do you? I go through my email, especially when I wake up on overnights. And I have like, yeah, yeah, hundreds of them sometimes. Yeah. Right. yeah. I just delete, delete, delete. I, I don't really, even read them like half time. Like I try really hard to only send them like once every two weeks. Yes. Right. So for that reason, I think we're just gonna hire some guy with a board to flip it around. At a oh yeah, or yeah, there you yeah. Go. yeah, do it, do it. Um, what, so we talked about the struggles. What's been your biggest success? Um, for me, I think just building relationships. I mean, we've met some incredible people through this, um, all the way across the nation. Um, Team Guardian is a big one. They just finished a row from this was a three thousand mile race across the Atlantic. Um, I was supposed to do it with them, See, so we it's will, well, we will not be doing that. No. <laughs> so um, it's a three thousand mile race. It's called the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. It starts from off the coast of La Gomera, or it's actually off the coast of Morocco, but it's La Gomera, Spain, and it goes to Antigua. Um, it's unsupported. It, there was three guys in a, about a 21, 22-foot boat rowing, um, and it took them 51 days to complete it. They so just got home. They just got like home. three days ago, four days ago. Um, those guys, and then Warriors Next Adventure, I guess, uh, Fight or Die is their team name. So we su- were connected with two teams across this on this uh, yeah. race. Um, but uh, those people, awesome, um, especially a Guardian Initiative, we've yeah, they were our first sponsorship. Um, they reached out to us two months after we, three months after we opened. Yeah, said, "Hey, we saw your mission statement. Um, they saw saw found us in a Facebook group that he was in and has recently gotten kicked out of." Um, so it's, it's not hard to do. It's, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Yep. But they, yeah, they're they were outstanding. They've been with us since the get go. Um, so them. Like you said, Warriors Next Adventure, yep. Salute to the Fallen. Just a local nonprofit. Just a local nonprofit focused on vets. Um, these all prior military law enforcement. Yep. 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 Awesome. So Warriors Next Adventures, prior military, um, Salute to the Fallen is prior military, and then Guardian Initiatives is law enforcement, first responder based. So they're both two. I think one's major, captain. He's a captain, and the other's a lieutenant. For captain, the sheriff's captain of internal affairs. So that's yeah. we've had some interesting <laughs> conversations <laughs> with him. <laughs> yeah. Muting him like that. <laughs> I'm assuming it's the same for you guys. For us, getting that message on Facebook or that email is kind of like just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. And cold yeah. that fire. It's, it's just, when you're having a bad day or, you know, editing is taking forever you get that email and all of a sudden your spirits are lifted up and that yeah like you said that relationship and that communication is awesome so yeah. yeah do you guys have any advice for anyone starting a business or are you gonna give some <laughs> yeah because this is not your business but you do it i want to hear what you're gonna tell people she, so she does 98 percent of the business okay 
Maybe more. So, so <laughs> when, you, when you brought us to her and said, hey, I want to help these guys out, she's like, you got to be kidding me, another one. <laughs> he, okay, so let, let, me tell, let me tell you why we are struggling to keep our head above water is because at least once a week, he's like, hey, we should send these people coffee. Like, Or I told this guy, I told this guy we'll send him coffee, and I'm yeah. like, I don't have the money to do that. Like, So, yeah, that happened not too long ago. So I went to Vortex up in Barnabelle, and I was up there and ended up talking to one of the guys from the Vortex Nation podcast, and I was like, we need to send him coffee. Like, so we did. <laughs> and like, but it, it's all the time. It's always want to send people copy. And like, I just, I don't know. I That's also for, what we're in it for. Heart I mean, forgiving. So yeah, I think it's part of it. Getting your name out there though too is. It is. You have to. People yeah. want free yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't give yeah. it to them, then yep. you know. well, yeah. Especially with like you know, coffee, for example. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta sample it. Yeah, yeah I mean, for sure. It is, but I don't know. I like to serve people. I like mm-hmm. to give give to people, whether it's coffee or money or whatever the case may be. But like. Also why I have to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yes, as far as advice. What was your advice? Did you give um, any? I, okay, so. <laughs> Did you give any advice? You're a serial entrepreneur. I am. Um, I was not. And I think the like, biggest thing with owning a business or starting a business is sticking to it, following yep. through. Um, it's not something you can just quit or just, you have to persevere. And I don't, yeah. I don't think if you, you if stay you have, in the fight, you do, you have to stay in the fight. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you don't, it's going to, it's going to end badly or you're going to have to close it down quickly. Mm-hmm. And, there, and when you have to, cause I'm sure if you start enough businesses, you're going to have to close one of or one or two of them. Keep going. If, if that's what you want to do, if you want to be self-employed, like you have to be resilient too. Mm-hmm. Looks like our one coworker seven tries before he yeah. was able to get out of law enforcement. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would I would echo that. I would say persevere. It's not easy. It's I don't know where this idea that self-employment or owning a business is easier. I work around the clock. Um, I would also say, yes, perseverance, customer service is huge. Mm-hmm. That is that is what has kept our head above water is customer service. We have an order that goes out, a bag breaks or the black mugs that you guys are drinking out of, I think UPS or USPS shattered like 12 of them over yeah. the holidays. And, and we when had... they punt it from the truck. Right, yeah. that does make a difference. They're not, they're not that strong. Um, they're not real customer service. They no. are not. No, they're, we, not. <laughs> no they're not. Um, you know, we would get emails and people would be like, oh, do you, need a, do you need a picture of it? And I'm like, nope, just we'll get it resent. And we got so many emails saying like, you guys are doing this right. Thank you so much. Um, we get emails asking because we are not Amazon, so we do not have a 24-hour turnaround. Um, in fact, we got one today. Who play, he placed an order on the sixth, and today was wondering where his order was. Um, okay, he's so, up next door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, where, where are you at? He's on the other side of the country. Would you like that my private? <laughs> right, right. Um, but I, I think that's it. That's what will keep your head above water is good customer service. Um, and then knowing like you're not gonna make a, you're not gonna make a dime the first no. two years, and if you do, it good for you, but it's not it's just not that easy. Um, the Oscar Martinez, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's keep keep going. I mean, I, that's ultimately it. I think what helped us too is get through these last couple of years is like we didn't take on any loans or anything like that. Like it's all been mm-hmm. self funded or funded itself. I guess roundabout way. Um, we did it. We're, we're not in debt. We're we never were. So, and that was our another goal for starting a company is to do it um, organically. Yeah. But I can't imagine how much of a struggle it is with 
being in law enforcement and gearing towards that because cops are so stingy with our money that yeah. we would want the free stuff. We don't want to pay for it. But yeah. no. Right. Well, and the the initial goal was not specifically for law enforcement, and just happened that we went that way a little yeah. bit because that's the world we live in. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. I mean, it definitely the mental health aspect was definitely geared towards that, but it was like a like what he said doesn't warrior doesn't necessarily mean just law enforcement or protector um and it's just kind of gone that way and actually my goal for 2023 was to rebrand so that it's not just law enforcement and i just can't seem to do that because that's just that's the lane we live in so where do you where do you guys go from here what's the future look like what are we what are our plans anything big on the horizon or is it just keeping your nose to the grindstone right now um that's a really good question we I would honestly love to do a coffee trailer um, and be able to go our big, we've got two big end games. One of them is to eventually buy a van or mm-hmm. whatever. What are they called? A van. A van. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. Felt like there was something more specific there. Um, and what we would love to do is that we would actually, when there's an officer killed, we would love to go and personally and then stay for a couple of days, serve the department, serve everybody there, hand deliver all the tributes. Again, because ultimately this is about relationships. Like that's the end game is relationships. Um, we would also eventually, the nonprofit side of what we do, which is Risen Warrior Foundation, um, we would love to create a retreat for law enforcement families, mm-hmm. law enforcement all um, free of charge, get in the mountains. Again, goes kind of goes back to the mental health piece of there's a lot of healing that can be done in nature. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of it. There's studies all over the place about that. Um, and so we would love to do that. We were, we were really hoping for Colorado, but there's no way we're moving out there now. So, that's a different thing. So, but for right now, it's expansion. Um, it's just getting our name. There's another very large coffee company out there that a lot of law enforcement yep. enjoys. Um, my goal was to put them out of business. Um, <laughs> so, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to say their name because then it gets their name out yes, there. Yes. Someone else dropped their name at one point. And I, yeah. Was it me? No. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Nope, we almost pulled our sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard it. <laughs> the, the issue is that what I've seen with that company is it's gotten very big and they've gone away from their goals. Yes. yes. And so I, I take an issue with that. If we, mm-hmm. if we one day get a million subscribers or something like that and we're, we do this full time, we're going to stick to our goals. We don't yep. want to, yes. I want our people to listen, hold our feet to the fire. So, yes. yeah, I have a huge issue with that. I stopped buying from them before you guys even came on because they just became more of a conglomerate than they did. Yeah. Yeah what they were and I don't, I don't want to trash talk any other companies out there like good for them for what they're doing and what they've done for themselves but i think it's they've done a lot of it for themselves yes yes well and part of it was that they took on investors and part of the reason that we have not grown at the rate that they have is because we won't take on investors because i don't want somebody telling me what we can and can't do sure, right. and i want to know where every dime goes mm-hmm. and i want to know that it's going to things that we support yeah, and like if we have not yeah that too <laughs> right. um and so yeah and so that's part of the reason that it's slow and steady versus taking on investors and having somebody else tell mm-hmm. us how to run our company and what we're going to believe in and what we're going to do and we're just not on board with that right so with the being told what to do i was going to ask this question a little bit earlier how has your guys's admin focused or related to you guys with this company um, if that question makes sense i guess yeah no I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been anything 
nothing negative. At okay. Least. I think it's all been pretty. Yeah, no, it has been very supportive. Um, I think I, I don't know. I, I just our coffee's in our office at the at the police department, so like people drink it, and my coffee is yeah. a sore subject sometimes at, at work because I won't get into it. But um, <laughs> no, I think. My my admin has been very supportive okay. on what we're doing. Um, we've you know I've had to take time off because of it. Um, I try to separate the two. You know, I, we, but we have people that order coffee and they'll come pick it up at the police department. And nobody's nobody's balked at that, <laughs> and I don't think that anyone will. Because I'm not you know it's it's an opportunity for once once again for people to talk and drink coffee together and hang out. And like I said, my my current chief and my previous chief are super supportive of mental health. Um, and I think he understands what we're doing and our intentions with the coffee company and my intentions with it too. And just as an officer and what I can hopefully bring to the department as well that I work for and Mm -hmm. other departments that we encounter. So, well, we've also been able to bring, so in two weeks, a week and a half, first help is coming. And that was, that's coming through Risen Warrior Coffee. Um, his agency is the host, but that came through us. So there are some good things that are, it's overlapping, but there are some good things that are coming. And uh, there's a few admin um, coming from the office that I'm at, the sheriff's office that I'm at as well. So. I know, and that, obviously the podcast is totally different, but we've seen people at other agencies that have had their side gigs that the admin was like, we support it, but we don't really support it. Right. Don't ever put our name in your mouth, basically type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I get, um, but at the same time, like, I feel like you're going to have people say that they support it, but really don't. Yeah. And chances are if they don't support it, they're probably part of the problem. Right. Like, you know, it's it's that blind, um, the blindness to the toxicity that they're very much playing a part in. Right. And I, I think it goes back to, like, keeping yourself in check and, like, um, we don't like to hear what we don't like to hear. And if we're for an issue, we don't want to hear whether we're an issue. We don't want to fix the problem either, because heaven forbid something be wrong with me. Right. Um, but the people that can see that and fix their issues, um, oh well, like I think when the Sergeant Zeke episode where he said that um, he didn't know what I, I'm not gonna I'm gonna mess this up, but he didn't exactly know what being a leader was or what he wanted or maybe his intentions are being a leader uh, or a supervisor, but it changed after the fact. And he was able to identify, which I, I admire that a lot. Yeah. And he was able to grow from that, which is says a lot about him mm-hmm. and um, type of person he is. And, you know, I think my biggest thing is, and what I tr- try to show like as an FTO or just as a, maybe a senior officer, um, is like the servant style leadership and with humility and um, integrity is a huge part. So you don't have integrity, you have nothing in this job. And like, if you can't have that, those maybe two, two or three things as a leader, what are you doing? And it's ironic. Some of the people that will boast integrity either as a leader or as a company owner and then turn around and don't have it. Yes. Um, I guess, you know, so obviously there's a difference between saying Icarus PD promotes, you know, putting that on social media, but 
having someone have a company and then take a picture in uniform and blur out the patches is totally different. We were seeing even that was being yeah. chastised, I guess. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. No. I just got a couple more. They're really kind of off the cuff. Would Would you recommend that more first responders get a side gig just for a, like a backup plan? Oh yes, hundred percent. Because anything can happen in this job. Whether you get injured um, to a point where you're never able to come back, um, maybe there'll be disability, or you're injured off the duty, off duty, and um, having something, have some sort of backup plan, which we always should anyway, whether we're at work, like kind of that two is one, one is none mentality. Um, there's a reason why we carry one, or we have one more than one bullet or magazine in our guns. Um, having, and you got to be a little more strategic about it, which is your my wheelhouse. Your wheelhouse for sure, but having something to fall back on or maybe you want to retire early from law enforcement mm -hmm. setting yourself up or setting your family up or your kids or whatever um, find something it can be a hobby that you like and make that into a business and it doesn't have to be much but it can be something something to supplement at least too yeah, yeah I would say I mean like your wife is doing and yours is too you know having a having a side business that if you are married or you've got a significant other that they can take the head on because with schedules, mm -hmm. that's nuts. There's no way that he could run this company at all just because of scheduling. And um, and so having that, right, where if something happens on the job, you have the ability to grow it quickly if you need to, um, or it will at least cover a few weeks worth of income, even if that means cutting back on things so that you can get a grip on what's going on. Um, yep. And I, I think that's a huge thing. It also involves spouses and significant others a little more into something and mm -hmm. gives some purpose. And um, it's just, it's something, which is also great for mental health, right? It's something bigger outside of, outside the job. So sure. it gives you something else to focus on um, and gives something positive to focus on too. Well, you talk about how hard the scheduling is. It's not just the overtime, it's working overnights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything in the real world because no. everyone else doesn't operate that way. Yep. And then when you throw in kids and stuff like that, so I totally understand. Yep. Or yeah. when you're sleeping, yeah. The neighbors are yeah. Up yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or playing, <laughs> playing basketball every yeah. Sunday yeah. morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or you have a toddler that runs across <laughs> yeah. up and down the hallway that's directly above your bedroom yeah. where you're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Just randomly screams. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I got, I got no other questions. Okay. Well, so then the biggest questions, big game on Sunday, obviously. Yeah. What do we got? You know, so it's probably gonna hurt some feelings. I don't care about football anymore. All right, no, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I, that's I, yes. No, I, I don't. I'm not gonna watch it, but. Um, and I know there's a lot of yeah, a lot of law enforcement, yeah. a lot of first responders, military guys that as soon as they started started kneeling. So yeah, I was a huge were, Bears fan growing yeah. up, and I mean I will I kind of follow a little bit, but I mean the Bears suck anymore. So <laughs> whatever, but. I don't know. I'd like to see the Chiefs get it, if anything, but at the same time, like. <laughs> no, I, Chiefs fans. Okay, yeah. So, I like I don't watch a lot of regular season stuff because yeah. of that reason, and it's amazing how the media warps things. And five years ago, there was a lot of support, and there yeah. was support for the troops and police on the field, yep. and now it's totally different. Yeah. But if my team is in the big game, I'll watch. Yeah, it. if so. the Bears were in the Super Bowl right now, I would, I would be watching. <laughs> Just. 
so we're clear. Because <laughs> last time they were in the Super Bowl, I was in um, I was in boot camp. Yeah, yeah. And, that was yeah. <laughs> and they lost. But yeah. and short little story, we were supposed to be able to watch the Super Bowl in boot camp, and because uh, we did, uh, we won the. Um, was it um it's like the second third or no the third phase um drill oh yeah so uh, final drill yeah, yeah final drill and we're they're gonna let us watch the super bowl and uh somebody peed in the guide on or the guy's boots <laughs> that morning <laughs> and we got destroyed for like three days straight it was amazing <laughs> amazing looking back on yes it. it sucked at the time but any, any input on the game? Nope, I got nothing. Okay. Right. <laughs> so then the, very, the most important question of the day, what's your favorite flavor? What's of coffee? Favorite, of coffee, yes. That you're um, mine is Valley Forge. Okay. Um, I drink it, I drink a lot of cold brew. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know what that is, it's like, kind of like brewing tea. It's coffee concentrate. It's coffee concentrate to get more caffeine if you're into that sort of thing. But it's cold, put it on ice, maybe put a little bit of cream in it. It's fantastic. Is the Valley Forge with the caramel in it? No, it's uh, it's a medium it's dark. Medium oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Um, aside from that, I like Guardian of the Night. I'm not a huge flavored person. Right. Um, I like my coffee black for the most part. Yeah. But um, a little tidbit for coffee. The lighter the roast, the more caffeine you're going to have. So we get that a lot. Some people think it's the opposite. Yeah. Right. And but the heavier roasted coffee or darker roasted coffee has less less caffeine. But what about you? I don't know that I've ever been asked this question. Actually, <laughs> to be honest. Um, okay, I will echo the Valley Forge for just a like unflavored. Um, I'm the one that like picks our flavors that we rotate through. And so I tend to rotate through flavors that I love. So like the next one will be tiramisu. Um, and I've been waiting for two years to do it. So, <laughs> um, so that will be my, that will be my favorite for the yeah. next few months. So, and then I'll find something new and exciting. So guardians and eyes are my go-to for sure. It's yeah, good. It's a good uh, one. I'm not much of a summer drinker, so I might peel it back a little bit when the summer comes around, but it's been open off for the winter for sure. Try the cold brew in the summer. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. Put it over ice. Yep. It's outstanding. Well, we're coming to an end here. I want to give you guys the opportunity to not only push the company, get that information out there, but then also the side stuff with the mental health, whatever organizations you're part of. So have at it. It's on you guys. I think um, mental health-wise, if – you have questions, especially if you want to start a peer support group um, or like a chaplain program, anything. Just general questions. If you're part of an agency that doesn't have any of those things or just want somebody to talk to, email us. I mean, our, actually, our phone numbers are on our website, too, I think. Mine is. Yours is. I don't answer my phone, so text me. Yep. I will not answer an online number, um, and I won't call you back. So. <laughs> no, yes, you won't. Well, I'll text you, but I will not call you back. Um, email us. Kind of reach out to us some way and we'll get to you and we'll either hear we will be happy to sit down one-on-one -on -one, have a conversation over coffee and figure out what you need um or try and fix whatever problems you got going on or help give you the resources or walk through those things with you yeah um for me that's it
do you want to plug like hey buy our coffee yeah, <laughs> or anything like that yeah. um yes go buy our coffee give it a shot if you don't like it we'll refund it or we'll send you another bag for free um whatever you want um yeah tell people about it we really are we're purely based on who you tell and who you talk to about it um again because that just allows us to give back more yeah. that's that's it um you know advertising's wildly expensive and it's word of mouth right so if you tell somebody oh i'm drinking this coffee and they hear it from three people that's way more likely than a facebook ad which nobody would ever see any of our facebook ads anyway so it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. Um, people get really volatile with those too with their they comments. do oh yes, my gosh, like, they're nasty I had like the it was a, an old person's name and an old person's picture and she cussed us out <laughs> for doing, like like this is bullshit get this off my effing Facebook and I was like oh my god like, yeah so it's, yeah yeah it's amazing All it's actually times. it's actually the people that don't have a profile picture up they have like a random yeah. picture yeah. that they're the worst keyboard warriors for yeah sure. for we've, sure we've had quite a few you're I'm probably a lot nicer than you are. I'm I'm real nice till the third com- like the third comment, and then I just <laughs> and I'm fa- so my gift my gift is backing people into a corner without knowing that I'm backing them into a corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so that's what I do on social media too. Um, we're we're super nice till you tick me off, and then she should have been an attorney for sure. I, yeah. I, know, well, I, mean, I know that was like, the goal. The big thing of that is we're taught don't click send breathe a bit like you can type yeah. it out yeah. but breathe a little yeah. bit yeah. but then when it gets to that point where it's constant like you gotta throw something back yeah. yes. and even I'm, if it's petty I'm, I'm a kill them with kindness so they're really passive aggressive comments of like oh I'm really sorry this didn't work out thanks so much for spending your money with us anyway I really yeah. appreciate it yeah. um so, with that being said, if you have a legitimate concern, email us. I will yeah. be nice to you, and I will take care of you. Um, but if you come at us and you've never bought our, co- bought our coffee and you're complaining about something, out of luck. Yeah. Um, I guess, unfortunately, social media is the way of the world right now. What are yes. your, your handles on social media? Um, so, we are at Risen Warrior Coffee on Facebook, and I believe that's our handle at Instagram, Instagram. as yeah. well. Um, I don't do much with Instagram, so Facebook's where we're at. Um, that would be the best place. That's also where we do most of our updates. Um, you can go to our website, which is risenwarriorcoffee.com, um, and subscribe to our email list. Like I said, I don't spam you because I don't have the time to spam you. And so, <laughs> and so it's like it's one or two emails a month, but that's also the best place to get updated information that's yeah. coming, our blends that are coming, tributes that are coming, um, any events that we have going on anything like that email and facebook is the best way to get that you also get free shipping when you sign up for our email yeah so i think we're on twitter as well which we don't you're on twitter tweet very often <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah which i think yeah. it's risen warrior actual so yeah risen warrior actual yes okay yeah. and I, I, the big thing with like facebook is if you if you want to be kept apprised of updates you have to click on their page and then mm-hmm. favorite yep. it and and yep. have notifications and everything like yeah. that but yeah. Um, I guess a big thing that I want to go into is you guys talked about inflation, but in all honesty, your guys' price is the same as the big name competitor who's in all yes. local stores. Mm-hmm. You guys bring that personality to it, that personal touch to it. And then if you use code Turk and Swagger, you get to this <laughs> off anyway. Um, but the, the price is matched with everyone else. Yes. So I don't see why someone wouldn't go to your website and yeah. buy yeah your coffee with that personal well, touch and that 100%. personal message. You gotta support small businesses. Right. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Like it's 
you're, yep. you're wasting your money if you go to the big business. It's just, yeah. You're not helping yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. We do, and one way to avoid shipping costs is if you are local area and you know where we are, we do pick up. So it we have a 24-hour, we have a covered porch. You can come pick up your coffee and not pay shipping. That works really well, actually, for law enforcement who work yeah. overnights in the area. They'll like swing yeah. by at mm-hmm. 2 in the morning and pick yeah. up coffee. Um, so that's one way that we've tried to help people because shipping is outrageous and yeah. we don't make money on the shipping. It's right. actually lose money on the shipping. Um, so that's kind of a way, at least for local mm-hmm. local people, that we've tried to offset some of that cost so that we do stay somewhat competitive. So yeah. I, I can say that your guys' coffee and the, is great gifts, like mm-hmm. Christmas presents. Yeah. As we, we did that for Christmas for our family. Um, we also did birthday gifts. So, I mean, it's, it's something I'm trying to... Help expand it. Yeah. To, no, yeah, yeah. Appreciate no, we appreciate it. it. Appreciate That's it. a way to do it. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's kind of free marketing essentially. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so yeah, we I gifted to just my shift um, bags, and they went through London the first night. So it, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a great gift. Yeah. And like I said, for the price, there's no reason to not go. Right. Yeah. Not go with you guys yeah. or anyone else. Yeah. So. And I think for we haven't done this specifically, but um, if you want to actually have sit down and meet us. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Reach out to us. We'll, we'll even travel across the country, you know, as long as we can make it work. But, like, especially, like, with some of the Tribute Blend stuff we've done, um, we've made some pretty cool relationships. Um, but it will actually meet people. It's huge for me. I like to talk to people and um, learn about them, really. So. With that, again, remember that they are law enforcement. They do work overnight. They yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a couple that have wanted to come on and then, or at least one that wanted to come on and they got really mad that, we weren't able to do it the next day. Yeah. Oh, like, there's just no way it's going yeah. <laughs> to yep. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the other thing is, is we, if you want something done, if you want smaller like package, we have people that gift or we do like three ounce bags or you want wholesale for your agency. If you send me an email, which is Kayla at risenwarriorcoffee.com, like I will work with you. I will, mm-hmm. I will do anything that you want to do. Um, and that's also the beauty of how we run it with no investors is again, I don't have to ask permission for anybody or to do anything and just do it. Um, and so we've got somebody that we're just doing a private label for now out in California. Um, we'll do private labels for pretty much anything. Um, so yeah, we're really flexible with it and it's mm-hmm. really fun. And the shipping time isn't that bad. It's within a week. Generally. It's usually pretty much yeah. within a week. Tributes get pushed out to usually yeah. 10 to 12 days because we'll have three, 400 orders flood yeah. in. And yeah, it's typically it's typically me. And then I have two part-time that will come in and help me fill. Um, and you can get here sometimes on overnights. But it takes some time, so please be patient with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, normal coffee will try to fill yeah. and ship within five to seven days. Well, I'm just saying, like the so. guy that was mad that it wasn't Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. that's you know, yeah. It, yes. it does not take that long. No. I had it ordered, and it was in. I, I ordered yeah. it. I think the beginning of December, thinking it was gonna take a while, and it was there. I had it yeah. for weeks on it. Yeah, so. we yeah. we go we all sift through orders, and if there are orders that aren't tributes, we will fill those right away. So everything else gets filled in order that it comes in, except for those normal orders, because I don't want people that order normal coffee also to be waiting for three weeks to get filled. Yeah. So. Yep. But yeah, also, yeah, what Morgan said, if you, you know, if you want resources for mental health, if you want to talk, I have the training, I have the education, I have a lot of resources. Um, Do you have an organization that you go through or is it just personal on the side? It's all personal okay. on the side. Okay. It's all personal on the side. Um, it's a lot of, so there's a huge difference between counseling and coaching and I don't counsel, I coach. Um, coaching helps you move forward. Counseling works on the past, which again, time and place. But if you're like just tired of being where you're at, 
I will help sit down and I have all the tools that a counselor has and I can help move you forward. Um, I do have the education in it, so I am not like a random person um, <laughs> doing it. I start, I've got working on a doctorate in it, so like well-educated, not just off the, off the wall here. Um, but I also have a lot of other resources that aren't counseling that I can point you towards or work with you. Um, there's a few things that we do and that I can refer to that don't require to talk at all and just remove trauma from your system. So there's a lot of resources. I'm happy to give those to you. Um, and yeah, if you want to just talk or vent or whatever, we're happy to do that with people. Yeah. So, within reason. Have we officially missed uh, Midwestern goodbye this one? Have we? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know. Know. I don't, think, I don't okay, think we have. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that I will bring up is that we're not seeing Blitzen's head on the wall, so no. we can confirm <laughs> no. that did not take place. No. We took point. that down before you came in, so... We had to hang him in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I got nothing else. Have you... No, I know. I uh, appreciate you wanting yeah. to talk with us and sit down and have Absolutely. a podcast. And yeah, appreciate you guys. done for us as well yeah. for a podcast and... And our families. Obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Likewise. Big thing is head over to www.risenwarriorcoffee.com. Check out everything they have going on. Reach out to either Morgan and Kayla, and they will personally get you your order. Personally. Work, yeah. so. Yes. All right, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll get to this together. See you. <laughs>